Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from thousands of successful individuals from around the world. I'm your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm privileged to welcome a well-known and respected author and speaker from Nevada, USA, Emily Jensen. Emily, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much. It's great to be here. Thank you. Emily is a professional speaker, an author, and a podcast host. She's got a forthcoming book, and all of you know I've always been very partial to authors. She's got a forthcoming book titled Let's Go, A Guide to Increasing Your Confidence. So, Emily, let's start talking about your telling me about your own journey in brief. Yeah, I'll try to make it as brief as I can for your audience Uh, Basically, I'm a very shy girl from a Mm -hmm. small town that had big dreams, and I wasn't exactly sure how to get there. Um, I was lucky enough to attend university at the University of Illinois, and during my time at university, I experienced tremendous growth because I went from being too shy to order a pizza, I couldn't even call and talk to a stranger, to someone who earned her degree and ultimately got what I thought was my dream job with the Chicago Bulls in the NBA. And uh, when I arrived at work, uh, reality set in very quickly that my job was to make 80 phone calls per day to strangers Mm -hmm. to sell them season tickets. And it was at that time that, um, you know, I realized I was going to put in my best effort and really focus on my growth as an individual during that time and really work outside my comfort zone. Um, I did. I finished up that internship nine months later, successfully spent a number of years working in marketing and nonprofits and fundraising and in events um, until I landed in Reno. And um, here I worked for the AAA baseball team, the affiliate of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Mm -hmm. And I was allowed to grow with that organization through a lot of hard work. Um, We left Reno moved to Houston, Texas for two years. I worked on major events in the city of Houston, including a world corporate games, Houston sports awards show. And then I got a phone call to return back to Reno to be the general manager of the baseball team that I'd worked for earlier. And I got that call to return because of the hard work and effort I put in to make money for that team and the quick growth I experienced with the organization. And so when that call came, it also came with a uh, a tagline, and the tagline was first female general manager mm-hmm. in almost 20 years at the AAA level, and I couldn't pass it up. So I took the job and uh, worked in that role for nearly four years and have since left, and now I am, I'm speaking. My TEDx talk last year on confidence has over 3 million views in one yes. year, and mm-hmm. that really told me that you know, there is a a need to teach confidence. Confidence is a skill set that you can grow over time. I am living proof of that. And so now I travel and talk about how you can grow your confidence and the impact that it can make on your business. And because people keep asking for more, I've written a book that comes out in the spring of 2024. I'm really excited about it. Fantastic. And maybe we'll have another conversation once your book comes out. So Emily, you know, in all the you know, sp- talking that you do at various Fortune 500 companies, what are some of the key challenges a lot of employees face when it comes to confidence? Yeah, I think that employees face a lot of barriers when it comes to confidence because 
the tricky thing about confidence is that it can waver. One day you can feel the most confident uh, because maybe you're operating in your comfort zone or everything's going right. And then the next day you really lack confidence because you might have to try something new or you're asked to take on a new challenge. And so I really teach sort of the, the tactics and the tricks to get you through those uncomfortable moments so you can experience personal growth. Um, I also think that I hear often employees set up a lot of invisible barriers in front of themselves. They think, oh, the promotion's going to go to that person because of this, or, oh, that's for them, not for me. Mm-hmm. When really, if you would think maybe a little bit bigger or maybe give yourself the same advice that you would give a friend mm-hmm. when you would say, oh, you can do that. You can go for more. That conversation kind of flips a little bit. Like you might think, you're meant for more, you can go for more. And so that's really about what teaching confidence, that's where it, where it lies, where it's rooted is mm-hmm. in teaching the behaviors that can get you through those tricky moments so that you can experience that personal growth. Fascinating. So let's talk a little bit now about people-centric leadership. And you know, you've been in leadership roles in the sports business for a long time. Um, tell me a little bit about people-centric leadership and what it means to you. Yeah, well, I think I've been asked so many times when I was interviewing people to join my team, they would Mm -hmm. say, what kind of leader are you? What kind of manager are you? Mm -hmm. And I would often answer that, well, I manage, I manage to the person Mm -hmm. because I think we're all unique. Mm -hmm. Every, every person is unique. Mm -hmm. And the more I started to think about it, the more I thought, okay, yes, Manage to the person, but yeah, we got to hold them accountable for you know what they signed up to do and and the contract that they signed to work for you. Right. How can we make both of these things work mm-hmm. um, without the employee pretzeling themselves into the job or and without the manager working overtime managing each individual a very specific way? And I think really what that's about is first and foremost you got to get to know your people. Mm-hmm. Who are they? What are they into? How can they help? Where are their skill sets? Uh, One of my favorite ways to do that is to run personality tests. There's a million of them out there. And I found that it would help me to know them better. But then also if we shared those results among the team, the team could understand the differences between the individuals and, and know that their teammate is not the same as they are. And they might view a project or view an idea or view an opportunity through a different lens, their own personal lens. Mm -hmm. So I think with people-centric leadership, you have to start by getting to know your people. You can Mm -hmm. use helpful tools like personality tests. And then it's very important to run productive meetings then with those folks, Mm -hmm. both one-on-ones with the people that you manage and then effective team meetings that are productive, Mm -hmm. where people leave knowing what they are going to be accountable for, held accountable to those things, managed to those things, and then rewarded and celebrated when everything works out. What a great response. Thank you. My next question is that how does understanding our own why tie into effective uh, people-centric leadership? Oh, your why is everything. Mm -hmm. Why do you do what you do? Mm -hmm. Why do you show up where you show up? Why do you choose to 
take that job, be with that person, um, go on that trip, you know, purchase that car. Like what is your why for literally everything for setting your goals? You need to know what that is so that when times get tough, you know, the reason you made that decision in the first place. Mm -hmm. And I bring up silly things like vacation and car, because even behind those purchases or those experiences, you should have a why Mm. I'm going on this trip with my family because it's really important for me to make memories with my kids. Mm. I'm purchasing this car because I want to have the safest vehicle possible to, to get around in my community or over the mountain or in bad weather. Um, I'm choosing to run a marathon because it's really important for me to set big goals, achieve them, and then show others, including my family, that it can be done. If you have a why when times get tough, you can rely on that why to push you through. Mm -hmm. So I encourage everyone, don't just have a why for the big things, Mm -hmm. have a why for the small things too. And it's, it's just a really great way to experience a bigger, more fulfilling life when you know why you showed up where you showed up. And therefore, a follow-up question for you, Emily, is that how did identifying your own why help you navigate challenges in what is traditionally a male-dominated industry or business? Yeah, absolutely. So at first, you know, I told you about that tagline, first female in nearly yeah. 20 years. And I initially, I wasn't sure what to do mm. with that tagline. I thought, oh, I got this job because of what I can do for the business, not to, to be propped up as a, as a poster child for a female leader. And about seven months later, every off season, they hold baseball winter meetings and all the executives come together And it's an opportunity to learn and to network. And I was fortunate enough to be invited to the women in baseball event. And Mm -hmm. I sat on a panel at the front of the stage and I talked about, you know, my experiences in the industry and how I got to where I was. And when I left the stage, a line of people formed in front of me. And Mm -hmm. most people in that line said to me, I did not know that I could be a GM. I did not know I could do what you do until I saw you because before that, all I saw was men in that position. Mm. And that's really when the light bulb moment happened for me. There's a old saying, you can't be what you can't see. Mm -hmm. And I realized that I had a unique opportunity to stand up, speak out, um, show through good, hard work, what Mm. can be done and what can be achieved. Mm. And then later, about a year or two later, I decided to start my own podcast, Leadership is Female, Mm -hmm. where I interview other women Mm -hmm. who have achieved big milestones in their career so that we can continue to lead her forward and show her what is possible. Because if we want to make progress in this business environment and fight some of these old ideals, We need to step up to the challenge and we need to share our voices and our stories and support those around us. It's, it's really not a competition with anybody, but yourself and your own goals. And that really became my why is, is to give back to that community, uh, to lead other women forward and also lead the smart men because 30% of our listeners are, are male. And I always say that they get the, uh, the keys to the kingdom when they're listening to all the secrets on the podcast. Very well said. (laughs) 
Very well said. But now try let me try and link confidence and the why. How does understanding one's why increase our confidence? And how does it help us to break through barriers, whether they're gender related or otherwise? Yeah. Well, confidence comes in a lot of ways, but many ways through competence. Mm -hmm. So the, the better and more comfortable you are at doing something, the more confident you become at that thing. Right. So it could be things like a critical conversation where you really don't want to have a talk with someone you manage or maybe with your boss because you don't want to talk about whatever the topic is. It's, mm -hmm. it's really making your palms sweat you're getting nervous. You don't know what you're going to say. You'd rather retreat than engage. Know your why. Why are you having that conversation? You know, for me, one of these uncomfortable conversations happened on the baseball field mm -hmm. when I had to speak to the opposing team's manager because our pitcher decided to wear lucky Navy and the opposing team was in purple. Mm -hmm. And as you know, in a competition, you can't wear very similar color uniforms. You need to have a contrast. And mm -hmm. I had to go tell the manager and all the grown men on the field to go back to the locker room and change their clothes about 30 minutes before game time. Mm -hmm. And I would have rather gone back up to my office and pretend I didn't see anything. But my why was that I was going to be a GM that stood up to the challenges, one who wasn't afraid to have critical conversations, one who led the team and was true to the game. And so mm. my why told me I needed to engage in that conversation. Mm. And so despite my fear, I used one of the tactics that I teach, which is a countdown, three, two, one, go. And I started walking towards that manager and momentum really kept me going. The counting got me started, but as soon as I started walking there, the momentum kept me going. We engaged in the conversation mm -hmm. and my comfort zone expanded just a little bit further because I survived that really difficult, challenging conversation. Fascinating. And what do you think are some of the key aspects of leadership that are essential to break the glass ceiling, which again, you have done so successfully? The key aspects of leadership, uh, well, you have to speak up, you have to stand up, you have to know that you are competent and that you have earned the right to go after that new challenge, especially when you've already won the role. Right. So you have gone in and been awarded and, and earned that new position or that new promotion. Mm -hmm. It is up to you to live up to your own potential and lead your team and the people underneath you to success as well. You know, the higher you climb in leadership, the more people rely on you to be a great leader, mm -hmm. to lead a winning company that's making money, that's paying their employees, that's affording opportunities for bonuses and and commissions. And in order to fulfill that promise that you've made by taking the position, you have to step into those shoes. Mm -hmm. You have to speak up, step up, stand up and take your seat at the table mm -hmm. and lead with the same authority that you would expect from anybody else in that mm -hmm. position. But in this case, it's you. So 
celebrate that win, celebrate that success when you reach that pinnacle and you reach that leadership position and then truly live in to that role that you have been awarded and stay very curious. It's okay not to know everything. That's why we have millions of resources out there, including podcasts like this, where others are willing to share information to help you succeed. Mm, well said. So I have time for two more questions and then one question for your forthcoming book. My next question is that, you know, coming back to why, do you believe that finding one's why can also help organizations break their own internal glass ceilings? I do. I do. I think it is critical that you define your purpose as an organization and communicate that effectively and consistently to your employees. People want to work for companies that know why they exist. Mm -hmm. Why are we here? What are we working towards? What is the common goal? If you practice those things, your employees will have greater motivation and a, a larger willingness to stick with you for the long haul. Mm -hmm. It is very expensive to have continuous turnover. And I really believe that turnover happens more often when employees are unhappy. And I think employees are more unhappy when they don't feel like they are all working towards a common goal mm -hmm. and when they all matter. So in order to encourage your employees to, to stay for the long haul, you have to identify the why for the company and really stay true and consistent to that mm -hmm. message. Well said. And what advice would you give to young women about embracing people-centric leadership in a traditionally male-dominated field? Yeah, so, you know, for young women... First, I think I would just, you know, give them a, a hug or a handshake and just say, it's okay. We have a long life to live mm -hmm. and you have a lot of room for growth and development and change. Yeah. And it doesn't all have to be figured out right now. Mm -hmm. But what I would invite them to would be to stay, stay curious, mm -hmm. um, go after their dreams Mm. Uh, go after it with full force. And if you wind up in the dream and you don't like it anymore, you can change. Correct. You have permission to define the terms of your own life. Mm. Uh, I would not want anyone to be confined by a gender stereotype either. I mm. don't think there's really jobs for men or, or jobs for women uh, in the, in the corporate world. I think uh, if you have the, you know, the education and the willingness to go after it and the work ethic, that's what companies are looking for. Um, I think more often than not today, we've, we're, we're pushing the boundaries and we care less about what you look like and more about the output. At mm -hmm. least that's what I want to believe. Yeah. And that's what I'm going to put out there in the world is that mm -hmm. if you can be someone who puts in the effort and gets results, I truly believe that anything is possible. Mm, well said. And my last question now, and I want to go to your book, uh, and I would, I'm going to keep this uh, a little uh, short because I won't have a much longer discussion with you on your book after you uh, publish it. Tell me a little bit about your book, Let's Go, A Guide to Increasing Your Confidence. But before I ask you a question, I'm going to ask all our viewers and listeners 
to wait for Emily's book. I think it's coming out in the spring of 2024. I'll wait for it as well. Tell me about your book and what was your hypothesis when you wrote it? Yeah. So the whole hypothesis was based on my TEDx talk, the six behaviors that you can start today to increase your confidence. Mm-hmm. I believe confidence is a skill set. Um, I was not born with it. I think contrary to popular belief, uh, you're not born with it or without it. I think certain personalities may trend one way or the other, but truly it's a skill set that you can build over time by practicing behaviors that lead to attitude change. Mm. So by practicing confident behaviors, you can then change the confident attitude into one of more confidence. Mm. Well said. And on that note, Emily, and I'm just going to restate your amazing three lessons that you gave for women um, you know, who are looking at embracing people-centered leadership. First one, which is pretty so powerful, there's a long life ahead. Take your time and don't be in a hurry. Second, you said was stay curious. And third, you said was pursue your dreams. And if you don't like that dream, pivot. And there can be many other dreams that young people can pursue. Thank you, uh, Emily, for speaking to me about your own amazing journey, about how you were the first woman, or first female general manager of a AAA baseball team, team in 20 years. Thank you for speaking to me about people-centric leadership. And thank you for speaking to me about confidence. Thank you again and good luck. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Brand Called You videocast and podcast platform that brings you knowledge, experience, and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search for the brand called you.